0: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm gonna to be chatting with Kyle. He works at a diesel shop in Texas, and if you've been a long time listener of the podcast, you'll remember an episode we did with him a long time ago about an LML build um, that uh, it was a really cool truck that he had built for himself. Well, now he's gonna tell us about another one, and this is a completely custom LML build that uh, him and his company did for a customer there. We're talking exterior, the engine, transmission, um seating everything there's not one bolt on this truck that wasn't touched and it's completely custom so we know you duramax fans are going to love it out there or if you just appreciate really cool builds and you own a power stroke or cummins you'll love this episode as well before we get to it want to remind you guys you can get 20 percent off at uh, kershaw.kiausa.com we really appreciate our friends over there for offering this discount It's it's exclusive it's just for diesel podcast listeners and they have a ton of different choices so no matter what your budget is if you need something for hunting fishing at work edc they've got pretty much anything to meet any budget so make sure if you're in the market take advantage of this exclusive discount code that our friends from kershaw have provided also if you're listening on youtube make sure and hit subscribe like comment help other Duramax fans find this episode and uh you know be able to plan out their build or get help with a question or something like that it it helps us a a tremendous amount when you guys like and comment subscribe on youtube all right let's get to today's podcast with kyle and talking about this custom lml build kyle welcome to the diesel podcast i'm excited to chat with you today and talk about uh a really cool Duramax build that you you just wrapped up, and some of our longtime listeners will remember you on a few years back talking about another one. So it's it's always good to follow guest builds and, and see what they what they work on. So excited to have you back on.
1: Yeah, appreciate you having me, Patrick, and uh, it's good to be back, man.
0: So tell me about this LML.
1: So this is a uh, this is a customer, good customer of ours. Uh, he brought us the truck uh, back before I even worked for the company. I want to say the truck had like 500 miles on it and uh, had a blue baby blue paint job. Uh, he brought it to uh, my boss. He did just a, a light small compound kit uh, built trans and a CP3 conversion back in the day with like a lift kit. And uh, the guy drove the truck around for gosh, probably four or five years. And uh, kind of got tired of 700 and something horsepower and said, you know, I want to go wild with it. So <laughs> we, uh, he brought it back in and uh, you know, originally it just started out as supposed to be getting uh, built motor uh, go back through the trans to upgrade it, to handle the other horsepower that uh, was going to be having. And uh, of course, one thing leads to another from built motor and trans to uh, well, let's do a color swap and let's do wide body, let's do custom interior, custom chassis. So uh, we legitimately have touched every nut and bolt on this truck.
0: Wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah. With the – I guess we could start on the power side. So for the power number that he wanted to be at, what kind of upgrades did you need to do to the engine itself to be able to reliably handle however much power he was aiming for?
1: So – the, the engine that we put in the truck originally was built for uh, my boss's race truck, which kind of got put on the back burner with the business, but it's a stock LML block and uh, it's got a Cali's ultra billet crankshaft, which I don't believe they make anymore. Um, it's got. Um, uh, Crower rods, Ross. Forged pistons. Uh, so bottom ends all billet, anything you can get uh, girdle on the bottom end. And then it's got a custom set of heads on it to flow more air through them. Uh, oversized valves, you know, everything throughout the valve trains, all uh, aftermarket. Uh, the only thing I think that's stock left in that motor is the block. <laughs> um, so it's uh Everything that you can touch, it's got dampers, billet flex plate, uh, you know, all ARP hardware on it. So it's uh, as as built as you can go with an engine without going with like an aftermarket billet block because the guy still wants to drive it on the street. Uh, so it's still a wet block, which is kind of our limiting factor on horsepower because um, we've got enough fuel and air on board for well into the 2000s.
0: Wow, so, this, so man, this, it's a full build then. It's full on.
1: It's game oh time. yeah, it's we <laughs> we uh we definitely got a little out of hand with this one. Um, like I said, everything on it's uh just kind of over
0: the top. With the uh, with the transmission side, how much how much did you guys have to do there? What did you guys look to do to be able to handle say either that max power level or you know if it's going to be driven and, and things like that, just to give them a solid setup for the transmission.
1: So we did uh, an in-house build. This is more of our comp style build. Uh, I want to say we're running Alto G3 clutches throughout, um, spec'd out to what we spec out our transmissions, Uh, did our in-house C3 oiling kit. And then I want to say it's got a Gorin AR converter with like a 3000 stall uh, somewhere in that range. I don't remember exactly on the converter. Uh, and then we get a bunch of, uh, parts from Excalibur transmissions, bunch of, uh, input, you know, billet input, billet, intermediate, billet output, uh, you know, planets, planetary gears, sun gears, all that stuff's billet in it. Just, just because the kind of numbers that we were planning on making with this truck, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how official it is, but the truck made 1620, uh, on a dyno. So I don't, I think that is the highest horsepower LML right now, but, uh, and that was at 4,200 RPM, I believe. And when we took it to, uh, another tuner, tuner, uh, that's pretty well known, uh, guy, he, uh, had to basically rewrite the mapping on the fuel scaling and all that stuff to be able to run the truck up to 5,000 plus RPM. And, uh, we hadn't actually put it on the dyno, uh, with, with it being able to turn those kind of RPMs, but I would imagine it's, you know, sixteen hundred, probably seventeen hundred now. So
0: oh, wow, this is, this is a pretty, this is a pretty in depth build. With you know, I just saw the pictures and I thought, oh, yeah. well, they, they had the cab off, the bed off, it everything looked immaculate on the frame. I didn't know all the details about you know the power and and being able to support that. So that's it, it's it's cool to see that engine and specifically that that truck be able to do this now with the, the truck owner, when he came to you guys, I like to ask this question because if somebody hasn't built a truck like that, they think I want 1500, I want 2000, I want 2,500, but do they really need it? So how did that conversation go with him? As far as talking about power numbers, some limitations that it's just going to have just because of how powerful it is. And you know, was he just give me the most I can, or, or how did that whole process go?
1: So this guy, he's, uh, he's, not, uh, he's not new to hot rods and, and diesel pickup trucks. By any means, he's got uh, a couple Lamborghinis. He's got a McLaren, stuff like that, some other older hot rods. And uh, so he's, he's definitely not new to uh, horsepower and going fast. Um, and uh, he just kind of let us do – what we wanted to as far as the, uh, powertrain stuff. And then, uh, he kind of just put his input as far as, you know, what color for the paint on the truck and, uh, just kind of let us have, have some, uh, creative free will, if you will.
0: It's been a theme on the podcast before is when you find, you know a company no matter what part they make or if it's a full build is trusting the people who do it all the time and just kind of you know telling them what you want but then letting them work their magic on it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: for sure with uh you know, if we think past that a little bit and get into suspension and, and like i said one of the pictures that stands out to me was the cab and the bed off and some chassis work you guys did Walk us through that part of it, what uh, what the plan was with suspension and maybe some challenges or, or things you guys had to think outside the box on.
1: So the chassis work, I did a, a lot of the chassis work. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have like a, a plasma cutter, uh, like a table, uh, plasma table, essentially, where you can just kind of draw it up on the computer and then you can cut out your, your pieces and parts. And then it's super easy. They're very accurate, uh, makes it for a lot faster process Um, and that was one of the one of the bigger hurdles uh, just for time wise Uh, so any of the like four link brackets that I had to make for the back you know for the four link in the rear and uh, even the front coilover conversion up front we did away with the torsion bars and went to a uh, coilover shock up front so this truck not only makes you know a ridiculous amount of horsepower for a street truck uh, it also rides like a wet drain it's uh <laughs> it's really nice it's probably uh we try to keep it very luxury on the inside and you know uh, a race platform underneath but the the chassis stuff was uh it's just a little bit difficult because we don't have like a plasma table where i can just draw it all up in cad and then you know hit print on a plasma table that cuts all my pieces out so it's all hand cut out out of cardboard to you know test fit stuff and then cut it out by hand with a plasma torch and then grind it and then fit it and then go through that process for all the chassis work, which there's a lot of.
0: Was that the most challenging part of the build just because of some of those extra steps that, that you had to take to be able to do that work?
1: Um, I would say probably that was that was probably the hardest part. Uh, the other hard part is especially once, once you get the truck, you're starting to do like your final assembly. Uh, especially when you have a, you know, a really high end paint job, uh, you, you're trying to like work on it and you know, it's a race truck underneath. So you're trying to work on a race truck and do race truck stuff while <laughs> making sure that you're not leaning on paint and getting paint dirty or scratching or anything like that. So you have to take a little extra care there, but the chassis work as far as doing, uh, a lot of the math for like four link stuff and getting the coilovers, uh, the right spring rate and stuff like that, because most of your coilover stuff isn't made for a 75, 7,800 pound diesel pickup truck.
0: I remember, excuse me, seeing on TV shows in the past when, you know, they would restore something and it's painted and just how careful you'd have to be around that. Or I'd watch it and be like, Oh, there's a belt buckle (laughs) going right across the fender. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah I don't anything? ever, I don't ever
1: work belts working on working on anybody's truck just because uh, I've done it to one of my own vehicles where I catch that belt buckle across you know a fender and just heart sinks a little
0: bit. It's like instantaneous but, uh, too. Like once you hear that, oh, yeah. you know, and that, then it's
1: that metal on paint. You're like, oh shit.
0: <laughs> and then you have that yeah. second of, do I really want to look at it right now and see just how bad it was? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully it was
1: just a clear coat and I can buff that. <laughs> and hopefully it's not down to bare metal
0: <laughs> with um, the interior itself. Like what were, what were some of the goals that he wanted with that custom interior or things you guys did?
1: So he again, kind of gave us uh, some, some creative freedom. Uh, we actually have a, uh, an interior shop pretty close to us locally that they did all the upholstery work Um and that was kind of one of the, the conversations that, uh, my boss had with the, uh, the owner of the truck where, you know, the truck was at the the cab was at paint and he's like, Hey, I think, you know, we should do a custom interior. And, uh, it had, it's originally a high country truck. So it had that mocha Brown, you know, peanut butter, chocolate looking color interior. So we went down to, uh, I think it's in middle It was shorty from iron resurrection that did all the paint and body work on it. And uh, you know, the cabs up on this uh, erector set looking frame that we built to be able to roll the cab around. And uh, so we cruised down there on a weekday and tore the interior out of the truck and then hauled it all back to our interior people. And they did a uh, suede headliner. It's got suede and leather diamond stitch seats. And then we got some stitching, that's very close to the color of the truck. So it kind of ties that uh, outside exterior color into the interior. And uh, just, it, it looks very high end factory. It's kind of that OE plus package, if you will. Keep it nice and clean, but also very luxurious.
0: One of the things I'm really curious about in hearing about this builder, all the different sides of it, because you have, like you said, race truck stuff, but then you have in this you know, paint job that's immaculate and then you combine it with a custom interior and then you're combining suspension. And I'm sure there's other parts of the build we're going to get to. How do you manage that? Or how did, how did you guys do that? Was it like one person that would oversee it and you delegate or how, what was the best approach to be able to handle all these different sides?
1: So I work pretty closely with uh, my boss, uh, with the whole build process. There's, you know, times where he'll be out in the shop helping me, uh, you know, whether it's help with fab work, whether I need, you know, uh, whatever the case may be with actual hands on. Um, And then obviously there's like paint and body stuff we outsource and then the interior stuff, uh, the upholstery work we, we outsource. Um, But typically we kind of got a general, general idea of what we wanted to do for the build where, you know, we wanted to do wide body fenders um, you know, the color of the paint, wheel and tire package, you know, brakes kind of get a list of parts and uh, kind of the direction of the build that we want to go with it. And then uh, once the customer gives us the go ahead, then it's, uh, you know, I get with my boss and me sit down and we kind of say, Hey, what is this going to actually take, you know, hours wise, uh, material wise. And then we start, you know, tearing the truck down was obviously the first go to getting the the stock powertrain out and then starting to do all the chassis work with the four link and the front coilovers and uh, test fitting the engine with turbo kit so that way there's clearance between you know the top of the coilover tower and the bottom of the turbos Um, and you know you it it looks on tv super easy in in a 40 minute video you know or a 40 minute show where they you know tear it down and put it back together and there's never any issues. And, uh, unfortunately there, I wish that was true, but, uh, there's a lot of times where, you know, you try to do, you know, use this part or, you know, mix this with that and it doesn't jive too well. And then you gotta, you know, make a lateral move where it's, you know, how can we make this work? Um, so it was, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a team effort as far as, you know, getting parts ordered when I need them and then still, you know, working on other vehicles that, uh, keep the lights on month to month. Um, but I have, I've got a couple different notebooks that I keep just for regular jobs, you know, transmission builds or whatever, just to keep record of. And, uh, I've probably got one full notebook just for that truck. Wow. And that, that definitely helps, uh, keep things as organized as possible. And, uh, streamline things for a build
0: process now was there a time limit on this or or like a a time frame that the customer wanted to have it done by where that factored into it as well
1: um we originally kind of talked about uh taking it to SEMA 2020 and then we had the pandemic and all that kind of stuff and then it kind of just you know he's got other cars and stuff that he has fun with but uh he just said, you know, he wants it done right. And, uh, so we, uh, it's actually still at the shop. We're running into a belt issue right now, but we're getting taken care of, but, uh, guy's super cool. He just wants, you know, the baddest street truck, you know, on the planet that looks the coolest too. So
0: (laughs) sounds like an awesome, uh, awesome customer to work with Knowing kind of what he wants and then trusting you guys to do it and, and be able to, you know, take your time and do it right. And, and get the, uh, get the results that, that he ultimately wants. in it. Yep, for sure. I didn't start with this, but you know, we've had, um, you know, a lot of people that have listened to the podcast for quite a while, but they might not have caught your first episode and they're just tuning in now. Tell us a bit about how you got to this point of being able to work on these awesome builds, plan these things out, kind of your story to be able to do this, you know, every day.
1: Man, it's, uh, it started out, you know, a long time ago, my buddy uh, had a LB7. And, you know, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get on this diesel stuff. You know, they make tons of power. Um, and, uh, you know, I ended up getting had an LB7 got rid of that thing. And then I had uh, my first truck, which was the first podcast I was on with you was uh, 2012 that uh, pretty consistent, you know, 700 horsepower truck that ran 1220s in the you know in the quarter mile Uh, sled pulled it every weekend I could in the summertime when I was living up north and uh, you know at that time I was uh, either working on garbage trucks or uh, I think I was working at truck works at the time when I had that and uh, you know I, I wasn't making a ton of money so I couldn't afford to pay somebody else to to work on that stuff so I started doing it myself and uh fortunately you know you you drag race and sled pull you tend to break a lot of stuff so got a lot of got a lot of practice doing that stuff um grew up around my dad drag racing so the the wrench turn inside of it was uh came pretty easy and then fortunate enough to to start working at the company i do now and uh we do a lot of lml stuff not to say that we don't do you know uh any of the other work, you know, we do a lot of, uh, starting to get into a lot of more like hot rods and late model stuff. Uh, LS uh, some of the newer GM Corvettes and whatnot. But, uh, I ended up getting rid of that 2012 with a hood stack. And then I had my single cab that, uh, I actually sold the four SEMA this last year that had a hood stack on it. And, uh, it was cruising around that mid seven hundreds. And, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's not that hard, uh, especially if you're passionate about something and you can kind of turn it into a career, and you're you're real hungry for knowledge. Uh, I think that's kind of how I've acquired the skills and abilities is because I want to know more than the next guy, or you know, uh, whatever the case is. But and then also having the resources uh at hand where I can be taught. And, you know, people that have the actual knowledge to tell, you know, teach me and wanting to retain that knowledge and then use it, uh, not just to work on my own stuff, but, you know, to help build cool stuff like, you know, this truck that we built.
0: What would be a tip that you would give somebody who is thinking about this as a career as to finding people who are willing to teach or want to teach or can be a resource? Because I think that can be a tough thing. And we see it in performance like. Well what's done to that transmission? Oh it's got the secret stuff in it or would you do that engine? Oh yeah. it's so how do you find those guys?
1: Um I think uh it's kind of a hand in hand thing, you know, especially if a guy's, you know, just now starting out and he's, you know, 18 or whatever the case is, getting into a shop and, you know, even if it's just sweeping the floors and, you know, lending a hand where he can, you know. Uh I mean I have times all the time where I'm trying to pull a transfer case or something like that. And Hey man, you want to give me a hand with this? And then, you know, they kind of get a little information here and there. And, uh, and then once you've, you know, started building a skill set and you're, you're getting familiar with stuff. And then you, you start to either work for a company that has a good reputation uh, or you build your own reputation where you do good, solid work. Uh, You know, we've got a handful of guys that we can reach out to uh, whether it's, you know, Gorin guys, SNS, you know, any of the bigger, bigger name guys that, you know, are specialized in, you know, SNS, those guys are dialed in with the fuel system. Uh, you know, we had turbo setups that we were going to want to use. So they paired up, you know, the fuel system with that air setup for the powered numbers that we were looking at. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the guys that want to keep all the information to themselves, uh typically will kind of plateau as far as their knowledge and skill set whereas you can you know i get to a level of you don't want to share everything that you know because then everybody can go out and do it themselves and that kind of takes away some of your work um but it's uh i think working either for the right people or with the right people will will open those doors for sure and uh just taking pride in your work eventually you know uh, if you're good at what you do, uh, people always want to, you know, help out where they can.
0: Yeah, I think it's those small things that really, really stick out. And I, I was just reminded, this a long time ago, and I was having something done on my truck, and we were talking about belt buckles hitting fenders. And I remember the guy took out this, I don't know if it was snap-on or whose it was, <clears throat> but he put it on the fender, and he had put plastic around the bumper because he knew he was going to be working on it. And I just remember seeing that. And he didn't see that I was there, you know, while they were doing it. And I thought that means a lot to me that he cares enough to not want to scratch my paint that I should probably come back here maybe for some other things and ask him about any transmission service or a differential service. And I think that can go a long way too to separating, you know, yourself and your work from other people just that attention to detail.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of our work is based on attention to detail being very, uh, detail-oriented like I'll see you know uh, some work come in from another shop because it's having issues and they can't fix it or or whatever the case is and you know and it's little stuff like uh, the uh, intercooler clamps for all the boots they're all crooked and they don't match and they don't line up and yep. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, a it doesn't look appealing to look at and when you're When you're really trying to pay attention to attention to detail, it can also, it helps make sure that you don't have any issues when you are building something. Uh, You know, you might be putting your intercooler clamps on and you're just kind of looking around and you notice a hose clamp that you forgot to tighten. So tighten that up and all is well.
0: I was just thinking now, this is our second episode. I know you love to build things. I know you focus on the attention to detail. This build is really cool what is a dream build that you have something you would love to work on? Maybe they're listening to this podcast. They call in and say, Hey, I've wanted to build this too. Now I found where to do it. But what is something you've always wanted to build?
1: Uh, Man, to be really honest with you, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer to see, see this truck leave because, uh, it is pretty close. If not my dream build truck, uh, you know, it's coal over front, front and rear four link in the back makes ignorant power. It's, violent to drive uh we've got it's a precision 76 in the valley with a 94 pro mod over the top of it and uh uh, i haven't gotten it out on the highway where i've had you know some some decent room to stretch its legs but uh just cruising around at like 1100 horsepower and it's violent and uh Uh, it's you know the color that I would want it's got wide body big wheels on it you know big brakes it's it is close to the the street truck dream dream build for sure (laughs) um but I also got rid of my single cab that we did a podcast on and then uh I just bought an s10 however many months ago that unfortunately I'm putting a, a gas engine in to go racing with that but uh Yeah, I think uh, as far as dream builds go, uh, it's definitely this truck.
0: It it sounds very, very special. And you could tell just by looking at the pictures of it, just how much attention to detail. But then hearing the background, it's just a combination of race truck, custom build, attention to detail. I'm like, it's not missing anything. There wasn't anything. Because you see those trucks sometimes where they make 2,500 horsepower. And you could tell it's a race truck. you see the other side where they look really cool and you know, it's sitting at 500, 550. It's rare yeah. to see them both combined together.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, you know, going to SEMA and, uh, you know, I've been at the racetrack, you see your quintessential, you know, two chassis race truck with a uh, cutout bed. Like you walk up to it and it's like, Oh man, this thing makes a ton of horsepower and it goes fast, but you're not going to like hop in that with your wife or your kids and go cruise it to a cars and coffee or whatever. And then whoop up on a Corvette while you're on the way. So it's uh, it's it's uh, you know I've seen the the SEMA truck where it's lifted or lowered and it looks super cool. But you ask the guy, hey, you know, what do you got done? What do you got done to it? Oh man, it's stock underneath the hood. Like it's just kind of we've we've gotten everything that at every corner of a build that you could want.
0: Now for people who are listening, they want to check out not just this build but also yourself and the company see what you guys are working on where can they find you guys like on instagram or you know facebook youtube things like that
1: uh so shop i work for is right Rose customs uh on instagram uh my personal instagram is uh tile underscore slow uh and then i started a youtube channel where uh, i was working a little bit on my s10 build for drag racing and then uh I also went through uh got a 2012 dually that I've recently gone through and uh rebuilt the engine on it, went through the transmission, kind of went through uh just did some videos on that. Uh unfortunately, but also fortunately I had a daughter. Uh she was born about two and a half months ago now. So my my extra time of working on my own stuff is kind of diminished. <laughs> But, uh, I'm on Instagram, Kyle underscore slow uh, shop is right customs on Instagram. And, uh, yeah.
0: It's been really cool to, to, to have chatted with you throughout the years from that, that first truck, you know, that you built. And I remember talking with you about it and that street truck side and just everything you did to it to be able, being able to work on your dream truck and everything that went into it. It's, uh, it's been really cool to see you do that. And, uh, yeah, I encourage people to definitely check out what, what you're doing, what the company's doing, and be able to see the cool stuff you guys are, are turning out. So I appreciate your time today, Kyle, um, and, uh, you know, look forward to getting kind of this inside information on these builds and then tips for people you know that are out there. Some younger guys that are like, hey, you're, you're gals that want to get into this, want to do it. And, you know, we've all run into those roadblocks before where we may not know, you know, how do I get into this? What should I look for? So I think the advice and the insight you gave will really help them. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting, you know, again in the future and, and uh, talking about drag racing and tow rigs and things like that. It's always always a great time to chat with you.
1: For sure, man. I appreciate you having me back on and uh, look forward to doing another one in the future.
0: Don't forget diesel fans. Make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. We appreciate our friends over there offering 20% off site-wide to diesel podcast listeners. Just use code diesel20, and they've got a bunch of cool gear there. No matter what your budget is, what you're looking for, they've got something for you. I also want to thank some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lohan of 23 Diesel, Caleb, all of our other Patreons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube. Discord, Facebook, Instagram, all the podcast apps out there. We appreciate all the feedback, the suggestions we get for episodes, topics to cover. We've got a really packed episode release schedule that's going to be hitting, uh, hitting the podcast here soon. And it's because of you guys and what you asked for. So if you want to hear something, um, want a guest on, want a topic covered, make sure and comment on YouTube. Send us a message, an email, uh, whatever's easiest for you. We love hearing from you guys. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.